There's a song from the 90s sung by Chris Walker. Oh my goodness, it's so sad. See, I knew the point that I wanted to make in this sermon before I started writing the first words this morning. And so to get at that point, I was looking for songs that sing about the point. That can be far more interesting than just listening to me talk about it. See, the, the good news, sometimes I hold off from telling you the good news until I work my way up to it toward the end of the sermon. But I'm going to tell you at the front of my sermon this time. The good news is that when we bring our brokenness to God, God is able and God is willing to heal our brokenness. Whereas the prophet Joel says, Return to the Lord your God, and afterward God will pour out God's Spirit on all flesh. For God is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. This is very good news. That God, first of all, can put our hearts back together, and that second of all, God chooses to use that power for our sake so that we can live full, whole lives rather than slowly get broken down doomed to live cynical, desperate, bitter lives. The brokenness Joel, a prophet from thousands of years ago, is talking about is the kind that comes from a nation in ruin. Just read chapter 1 from the book of Joel and you're going to get a sense for what everyone in Joel's world is facing. I'm going to read just a portion of chapter 1. It's poetic, in that I don't think it's to be taken literally, but it's getting at uh, something hard that everybody's facing together. What the cutting locusts left, the swarming locust has eaten. What the swarming locust left, the hopping locust has eaten. What the hopping locust has left, the destroying locust has eaten. I think Joel and all Israel may have been experiencing their own kind of 2020. Do you know what I mean? Remember when the entire continent of Australia was on fire last winter? And then California and the whole West Coast lit up this summer and fall? Remember when our president was impeached and then put on trial? The stock market had its biggest one-day point loss in its history, and then it did worse, not Long thereafter, COVID-19 has spread across the world, infecting 68 million people thus far, killing at least a million and a half. George Floyd was killed, sparking protests across the world, not just our country. A huge earthquake hit Mexico. I'm not sure that even registered on our own Richter scales. Massive floods hit China. We had more named hurricanes than any year in recorded history this year. The Olympics were postponed. Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter crash. Murder hornets were found to appear in the Pacific Northwest. I think we've experienced a year much like what the prophet Joel was talking about. As the locusts metaphorically came, maybe literally came, and took everything. Maybe what we could say is what the wildfires left, the hurricanes swept away. What the hurricanes left, COVID destroyed. What COVID left, political and social unrest destroyed. Joel goes on to say, It has all laid waste my vines, splintered my fig trees. It has stripped their bark and thrown it down. Their branches have turned white. 
How about you? Have your branches turned white this year? The grain offering and the drink offering are cut off from the house of the Lord. The priests mourn. The fields are devastated. The ground mourns. Surely joy withers away among the people. The people's hearts are broken. They have nothing, seemingly for a variety of reasons, environmental reasons, political, religious. They're in communal grief. So what do they do? What can they do? Where do they go? To whom do they turn? These are the questions Joel is trying to address. The kind of questions humans have oftentimes. So when I wanted to write this sermon, I looked for a song that responded to the question, how do you heal a broken heart? And it turns out there's this singer, Chris Walker, who sang a song about it. It's so sappy and sad. I mean, really sad. Here's the refrain. I won't sing it. You're welcome. How do you heal a broken heart that feels like it will never beat this much again? Oh, no. I just can't let go. How do you heal a broken heart that feels like it'll never love this much again? Oh, no. Now, certainly, Chris Walker was not thinking of the book of Joel when he sang this song. I'm not picking on him or the feelings that come with a broken heart. Oh, no. But I wanted to invoke the feeling of this song to talk about the difference between this kind of broken heart and the kind Joel is talking about. They're both sad, They share more in common than we may think, actually. But when Chris Walker sings, asking, how do you heal a broken heart, he's obviously talking about the kind of broken heart that results from a a meaningful relationship that's ended. Joel is talking about heartbreak. But he's talking about the kind when your heart has lost its determination, lost its purpose, lost its courage. This is the kind of heart a championship team shows in the midst of adversity. Uh, This is the kind of heart a COVID nurse shows to patients nine months into a crisis. This is the kind of heart a church shows to those who are on the margins. There's a love connected to determination and courage, but it's certainly not the same kind that upon its end would be sung about by Chris Walker in a love song. Joel knows that God's people are brokenhearted from their 2020-like time. Everything seemingly that can go wrong has gone wrong. And now they are so without, they don't even have a way to worship God. Worship back then requires sacrifices. You can't just show up and receive a worship service. The point is you show up with things to worship with, like animal and grain offerings. To go to the temple without a grain or an animal sacrifice would be like going to a Christmas party where the whole point is to exchange gifts in a white elephant exchange or whatever you might call that. If the whole point is to go to that party with the thing that you're going to share with somebody else, imagine going to that party and bringing nothing. Like, it just doesn't work, right? It doesn't work unless everybody brings something. Well, worship back then doesn't work without everybody bringing grain or animal sacrifices. And Joel knows the people have nothing to bring. They have nothing to give. They have nothing to sacrifice. So how are they going to return to God? How do they worship? 
How are they going to repair a relationship with God when they don't have an offering to give? Are they trapped with no way out? So Joel says what we hear in our text for today. Return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord. Return to the Lord your God and I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. See, Joel is giving permission to come to the party with God empty-handed. It's okay. But even though you, you're very well welcome to come empty-handed, come with your whole heart. That's what God's most interested in. God actually couldn't care less about our stuff. Those offerings, the grain or animals or whatever else, they're usually just a way to bring your attention, a way to bring your heart. Your heart comes along. Where your treasure goes, there your heart shall follow. Your heart's what God actually cares about. So for now, when you're in this broken-hearted state, just bring those broken hearts, Joel is saying. And believe that the Lord, who's gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, will receive it. The Lord will receive you and then pour God's Spirit into that broken heart. And from that outpouring of God's own Spirit, your determination, your purpose, and your courage will return. God does not promise to make you feel all better about getting dumped by that girlfriend you had for three weeks. That's not what this is about. But after a year like 2020, when we all communally experienced so much loss, no birthday or anniversary celebrations, no recitals or games, no parties or receptions, so many ways that we've been tempted to divide ourselves politically, socially, and physically. And that's all in addition to the personal hardships each of us have faced have suffered through this year, maybe with a diagnosis or loss of a job or whatever it's been. After a year like 2020, God does promise to hear your lament. Our God hears us. Our God does not ignore us or turn us away because God's busy. Our God is not too good for us or too small or too selfish for us. Our God is always available to us. I think we might take that for granted. Our God is eager, in fact, to receive us. And upon hearing of our grief, holds our hearts in the palm of his hand, mysteriously able to bring joy from sadness, hope from desperation, even resurrection from death. The problem with how Joel talks about this a bit is it can sound like it's on us as though God is sitting there in some throne room waiting for us to screw up the courage to bring our lament to him, as though God sees the year that it's been and just hopes we'll, you know, have the strength in the end to make the right choice, to, to make our way to him. But what about when you just can't? Some brokenheartedness results in a complete inability to put our hearts in the hands of God. Have we just lost them? The amazing thing is, even when we fail to bring our brokenness to God, God pursues us. That's what Christmas is all about. That's what this Advent time of waiting is for. 
We believe God chases humanity so hard that God chooses to be born as one of us, living among us, experiencing life as one of us, experiencing years like 2020 for himself, and then choosing to die for all of us, that we may live with courage and purpose and determination. So what do we do with our broken hearts? The better question is, what does God do with us broken-hearted ones? The good news is God pursues us. God seeks to heal us and make us whole. God pours God's Spirit into our lives. God brings new life to all that has passed away. Thanks be to God. Amen.